0: You're listening to Give Your Life Away, a devotional podcast from Canyon Bible Church of Prescott, designed to equip you with the truth of God's Word and encourage you in the pursuit of ascribing glory to Jesus Christ. Today, on the Give Your Life Away podcast and in the Epistle Project, we come to the second to last book of the Bible, the book of Jude. Today, our passages, Jude 1 through 16. Defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Woe to them! For they walk in the way of Cain, and abandon themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error, and perished in Korah's rebellion. These are hidden reefs at your love feasts, as they feast with you without fear. Shepherds feeding themselves, waterless clouds, swept along by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up the foam of their own shame. "'wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness "'has been reserved forever. "'It was also about these that Enoch, "'the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, "'Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones "'to execute judgment on all "'and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds "'of ungodliness that they have committed "'in such an ungodly way, "'and of all the harsh things "'that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. "'These are grumblers,' Malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loudmouth boasters, showing favoritism to gain advantage. Now in this second to last book of the New Testament, it, th- this book is full of really discouraging realities. I mean, just reading that section, it talks about how horrible these false teachers have been and how horrible the false teachers of the past who rebelled against God have been. And it calls them names that they should be known by, wild waves of the sea. They're hidden, they're hidden reefs in your love feasts. So there are, these, there are these reefs underneath the surface that you don't see initially, but they will destroy you. So there's this strong language and this discouraging language about people who are infecting the church or trying to infect the church. And so Jude is, is rather really concerned here. He'd much, he'd, he'd much rather write a different letter. He says that he'd rather be addressing them about their common salvation. That's a pretty positive thing to talk about. But he says that he has to talk to them about contending for the faith. And notice that Jude doesn't say at the beginning of this letter, I'm writing to you because I need to contend for the faith. He's writing to these believers saying, I'm writing to you, because I'm appealing to you for you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. That right there tells me that contending for the faith is not just something the apostles did, and it's not just something the pastors do. Contending for the faith once for all delivered to the saints is something that all Christians do. When there is error that comes into their midst, they've got to identify it and avoid it and sometimes perhaps even pointed out so that other people are not brought into it. That'll come later in the next section of Jude. But Jude needs to address false teaching. He then goes on to link the false teachers for whom, he's back, for whom he's referring back to the false teachers of the past. The idea here is that whenever God is working to build up the people of God, his own people, the enemy will seek to destroy those same people by false teaching. I'd like to make this brief point as we conclude today. There can be two errors in the church today when it comes to false teaching. The first error is to not deal with it at all. This would be an abdication of responsibility, both by the leadership of the church, the elders, and also the people. If they know of error and it's, and it's going on in the church and they do nothing about it. So that's an error when it comes to false teaching, that we would do nothing about it. We have much in the New Testament epistles that instruct us on how to deal with error in the church. That's there for a reason. Now, the second error is for our entire ministry to be centered around refuting false teaching. So all you do one week after the next, one day after the next, is just to point out all the things that are wrong. Christians aren't just against false teaching. They're actually for sound teaching. The book of Titus makes that case. Titus calls a pastor or an elder to, one, exhort his people, encourage his people in sound teaching, and to refute those who do not hold the sound teaching. So both things need to happen. It's not just that if you're an elder, you constantly rail against false teachers. That would be a mistake. You also are called to teach sound doctrine. The heart of Jude is to write about their common salvation. So the normal plan for a church is to study sound doctrine, to study the facts about God and salvation and the end times and the Trinity and the church and all that God has for us. We should be learning those things, learning what he commands us and learning what he wants us to do and how to obey. This is the road that the church is on, learning more about their God, what he desires as they seek to obey him all the more. That's the road that we're on. Now, sometimes obstacles come up in this road. False teachers with, with those spike strips that seek to pop our tires and take the air out and to stop us on that journey or to divert us to a different road. That's false teaching. At these times, we've got to pull the car over, deal with the error, and then move on. Again, the goal is making disciples and seeing people grow into the image of Christ and learning more about Him. So that's the road we're on, but sometimes we've got to pull over and deal with an error that is inhibiting our progress. Our Lord prepared His disciples to do just this, to deal with error when it came up. Paul prepared the Ephesian elders to do just this in Acts 20. As a Christian, my hope is that you can help people grow into the image of Christ And that would be your main road that you're on. As you are growing yourself, you are reaching people with the gospel, and then you are helping other Christians grow. That's the road that we're on. Knowing that sometimes error will creep into the believing community or will threaten the believing community to which you're part of. At those times, with appropriate wisdom and teaching, you'll need to deal with that. If you ever have questions about how to deal with The threat of false teaching in your specific environment, I'd encourage you to speak with one of your elders at your local church. Part of the job of an elder is to teach sound doctrine and to refute false doctrine. I'm sure those men would love to help you think this through. Finally, think about this. One day, our Lord's teaching will stand without competition and without a mixture of error in the world. The word of the Lord stands forever. Isaiah 40, verse 8 says, All false teaching will be done away with, and we will continue to learn from our Lord, seated at his throne, understanding who he is without any mixture of error, or any temptation, or any threat of the devil. I hope, like me, and I trust like me, you are looking forward to that day. What a day that will be. If you've been encouraged by the Give Your Life Away podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you'll find us online at canyonprescott.org. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Give Your Life Away. We are alive.